0: Hey guys, you're listening to In Traffic with Neil Rubenstein. I am Neil Rubenstein, and today I'll be talking to Anthony Ranieri of the band The Bayside.
1: Hello. Hi. Hey. What's going on, man? Not much. How are you? I'm good. Are you in? You're in Nashville, right? Uh, yeah. Well, outside, I'm, I live. In, I have a house in Franklin, which is like okay. the fittingly. It's like the Long Island of Nashville.
0: There you go. <laughs> That's right. because cause you're from Long Island.
1: If if that makes you feel better about being from Long Island,
0: yeah, you're from Long Island.
1: So do you, what is, I've always wondered to people from Long Island who don't, who who say that Queens is Long Island, what is New York City to you? New York City is New York City. So just Manhattan?
0: Uh, yeah, and Bronx.
1: So Manhattan and the Bronx, and that's it?
0: Yeah, pretty so much.
1: Brook, Brooklyn is Long Island?
0: Uh, Brooklyn's like its own thing that I don't like.
1: Brooklyn is as Long Island as Queens is. Your argument yeah, for but, your argument that makes Queens Long Island stands for Brooklyn also.
0: Uh, no, because there's more to it than just geographics when it comes to Queens being a part of Long Island. Queens has all of the uh, inconveniences of Long Island,
1: like no subway.
0: Like no subway. There's no parking unless you have to go somewhere in a parking lot. Like uh, Brooklyn, eh, you're almost, it's almost a city. (laughs) I don't really agree, but
1: that argument is going to go on forever.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure we've had this exact conversation like 14 to 18 times probably.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, how are you? Where are you
1: driving to right now? I am leaving work. I'm going home. So I, I want to um, point out. I want to point out how much I, I admire, like uh, how real this all is, because this really is me <laughs> Rubenstein in traffic. <laughs> well,
0: because we had right, cause we had a, a show, a podcast scheduled to record, but then like I, I wasn't going anywhere. I was like, ah, eh, but Yeah, you, call, you like, Yeah, so you I'm
1: texted be... me. Yeah, you texted me to reschedule the the, the phone call because you weren't going to be driving. And I was thinking like, well, can't you just sit at home and we can do the interview like while you're at home? And I thought like, no, this, I mean, this is a, this is like you, you, you value your authenticity. I, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. This so is a man of, this is a man of integrity.
0: It's because uh, we all, we all come from the same place. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it.
0: <laughs> I also would like to point out to people, uh, that you, uh, it felt genuine to me. Like you were bummed that I asked Nick to do the podcast before I asked you. Yeah, honestly,
1: I'm not even sure what we're going to talk about because I don't know, like you. Probably already covered everything with the other guy
0: in my band. So I'm not even sure what you <laughs> what, what you wanted to talk to me about, really. Well, you're like, uh, you're the less approachable one. Like Nick, how, oh, yeah, how like, approachable.
1: You've known me since I was like 18 years old. That. Beco- becoming more popular in the last, like, 15 years can't can't make me less approachable than I was when I was, like, a teenager.
0: But you uh, – I don't know if this is, like, public knowledge or if you're going to, like, ask me to edit this out later. But you have, like, a – like, you are on the clock and then you're off the clock. Like, you don't like being
1: – That's true.
0: So, so Nick – Nick Dean is, like, always on the clock. You know, he's always just like he's—he's he's like the face of his business. He's the face of like, so he's, he's ready to talk. Yeah, but if
1: you—but I mean, technically, I, we're, I wanted to do this because I want because I think it's—I think it's cool that you're doing it, and I, I always enjoy getting on the phone and just—and just like shooting the shit with you. That's fun for me. I—I I do probably it would be generous to say that I do one out of ten interviews that I got asked to do. So it has nothing. To, so it really it has nothing to do with being on the clock or off the clock or like even like how popular the the outlet for the interview is. It's really like if I, if I think it's going to be fun to do or not. I really hate doing interviews. I hate doing press. I, I I turn down like nine out of ten of them. I only like I only do them if I think they're going to be fun.
0: I really like. I feel like that's like a a problem I'm running into. Like I'm asking people to do it. And they don't realize that it's just, I'm just going to shoot the shit. Like, people think, like, oh, it's an interview. Like, I don't know, man. It's like you would talk to me on the phone for a half an hour. And they're like, yeah, all right. Right,
1: yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of the way I envisioned it. And I listened, to the, I listened to the one you did with Nick before me. Like, the one before you asked me to do it, the one that you did with Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I listened. I listened to that one and and it was and yeah, it was like that's what I expected it to be. Just I know I would like to get on the phone with you for a half hour anyway, so what difference does it make? We might as well record it. <laughs> and so far so far we're like five minutes into this and it like there hasn't been any interview questions. this is like literally this is a conversation me and you would have had if you didn't have a podcast.
0: Yeah, I think I have um some text proof that this is how this is our banter. <laughs> yeah, whether whether or not you had a
1: podcast, we would have gotten on the phone and talked about whether Queens is part of Long Island. That would have happened whether or not you had like you had an official outlet for that.
0: <laughs> I mean, I I can like I can interview you. It'll be it'll be no problem.
1: Yeah, Jonah, whatever you want, whatever you, whatever you want to do, man. If you're it's if your uh, it's your drive.
0: Jonah Bayer, uh, like. I asked him for like a quote about the show so I could like put it on a one sheet because like uh-huh. I'm gonna tr- try and be professional about this. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Oh, it's like talking to your friend Neil if Neil recorded everything." Like, <laughs> eh, eh, that's like that. But I do like I do this anyway. Like you, I've heard you say, and I've heard other people say like they have to be careful what they text me because I love like screenshotting texts and like posting it on Instagram
1: yeah I think that's hilarious. I love when people screenshot their text messages.
0: Oh, here's a question i like I always wanted to ask you, but like for some reason, never came up' because, How I'm, you decide... so
1: un- because I'm so unapproachable yeah, this, you're is very... me- this is what you've been meaning to to have to talk to me about after all these years
0: yeah you're super you're super off putting and <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to ask you anything. You're going to get mad at me. I'd be like, am I wearing Converse? No. That means I'm not on stage. Don't talk to me. <laughs> uh, All right. What's up? Uh, you, what? How do you decide what songs are solo and what songs? I mean, do, um, do you write differently? Are you in a different frame of mind?
1: You uh, – I'm – I'm usually not in a different frame of mind. It, it's kind of interesting. What most Bayside songs st- like uh, start off as different styles of songs, and like it, it may be hard to to kind of really hear that when you're listening to the finished product, where you know it's got all of us playing on it. It's fast. It's heavy. It's energetic. It's it's punk rock, and a lot of those songs started off to sound like what my solo songs sound like, whether it's a folk song or. Sometimes even like wilder than that. I always say like, like sometimes I write like a polka song and or a country song, and then I take it to the band and we sort of speed it up and we put distortion on it and Jack does his thing and Chris does his thing and and it sort of and it makes the song go somewhere else. And that's how all the Bayside songs start out. Uh, I think that's kind of what makes us sound the way that we do. Because I don't just sit down and try to write, like, a whole bunch of punk rock songs. And the solo songs really start off the same way, but they just haven't been sped up. And, I, you know, I think it would be really limiting to myself to try and try and just write punk rock songs all the time. Uh-huh. You know, so the solo songs are kind of the way the Bayside songs start out. Some of the solo songs were were ones that the band either didn't think was working, and, like, w- with within the band, it wasn't working inside the Bayside world. And uh, some of them I just wrote, and, you know, it, it more like a timing thing. I don't, like, write kind of constantly. I'm not always, always writing songs. So when it's time to write a Bayside record, I'm locked up in my house for a few months just writing songs, and that's the Bayside record. And when it's time to write a solo record, I'm locked up writing songs in the next solo record.
0: Because I was listening to the newest record, the newest solo EP, and I was like, some of these songs could be Bayside songs. Like, I don't know how he makes that decision like is that just a but yeah it's
1: really a timing thing it's just when i write it really because they really are kind of the same they, they just don't like i said i they just don't get taken and, and and sped up and and turned into bayside songs
0: and you write for other people like is that why you moved to nashville
1: no i i came here just because i mean there was there was a few different reasons it was like it was kind of a like kind of a business thing, I think, more than anything. I opened uh, I opened a business here. I bought a couple of houses here. Uh, I was kind of just, like, stretching out and trying something new. Um, and I'm I'm still in New York, like, half the time anyway. Um, but I've been, you know, it's funny. Writing for me is super, super stressful. I talked to some guys. Like, I talked to Brian from Gaslight Anthem is like this and John from Switchfoot's like this. There's a couple of guys I know that, just write and write and write, and they're so prolific in their writing. You know, like I've, I've spoken to both of those guys and some other people and, who are like, yeah, I'm working on working on the new record right now. I got like thirty something songs, and you know, we're gonna get together with the producer and kind of pick the best ones. And I'm just like, how do you write thirty something songs? That blows my mind. Like if right now, so we're going in to record the new Bayside record in in March, March uh, I think fourth we start tracking the Bayside record. And I'm writing the record right now, and there's going to be eleven songs on the record, and I'm going to write eleven songs. Like, and it's taking me like <laughs> six months to write eleven songs. Like, it, writing for me is so stressful, so stressful. So I don't. So like, like so. I, and I always said I I don't really want to write for other people. The co-writing thing isn't really that interesting to me, just because like I know how that game works. Like, it's a numbers thing. Those a lot of those guys who, who co-write. You get into a room every day either with the same group of people or with a, you know a different group of people if you get hooked up with different writing sessions and you go in there and you leave with a song every day you write a song and the only way to write a song and complete it all in one day is to not really think that much about it like you kind of just throw it out there here's an idea let's just finish it and then then tomorrow like that song we forget all about that song we start something else and I like and that's not how I write. I labor over songs. like Every word, every part, everything's got to be perfect. It takes me like a month to write a song sometimes. So well, I never really wanted to do that. And But it's funny, though. With Nashville, everybody always talks about how Nashville is like this big like, kind of co-writing and songwriting world. And it's true. I mean, as soon as I got here and even saying I have no interest in doing that stuff, it's just it's not the kind of writing I do. It's too stressful for me. And and I got here and the phone just started ringing. People just knew that I was here and people started calling and inviting me into sessions. And I went to a couple and I may I may do it like here and there if it's like things that sound exciting to me. But I can never be that guy who just shows up at work every day and like shits a song out, you know. Because like I said, it's a numbers game. All those people who are like professional songwriters, they write hundreds and hundreds of songs a year. And if like two of them hit then you're doing good, you know? But I, I can't just, like, shit out 300 songs a year and hope that one makes it. I'd much rather, like, focus, spend the whole year writing a record that I really love.
0: Right. right. And are you guys... So you're writing separately. Like, do you send the tracks? Is this is this what it's become, like, digital age? You just send the tracks to the guys from Nashville and, like, let them work on it here? Or were you here for a little while uh, working on the songs? So I know you have a, a batch of new stuff.
1: Yeah, this is the first record that we're that we're writing since everybody's kind of moved around the country. Um, me and Jack are both in Nashville, and uh, Nick is in Long Island, and Chris is in Southern California. So this is the first time we're writing a record since everybody, like, dispersed. Uh, so we're kind of figuring that out still. Um, but basically, the way it's been working isn't that far off from the way it worked before. I write everything from home. Uh, yeah, and I track stuff at home. I kind of work up like a demo version of it, and I send it around to the guys, and then they start working on their parts. They record their parts over it, send it around, and we talk about it. And then what we do is like every time we have a batch of songs, we get like four or five songs together. Then we all fly out to one place and work on them together for a little while. We demo those, we put them off to the side, and then we go back home, we start on the next batch. I
0: didn't know that Jack was a national also.
1: Yeah, he got here like a little, little before I did,
0: and uh how's the, how's the kid? How's having a kid?
1: <laughs> having the kid's awesome." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, it's the best. It's the, it's, it's like the coolest, it's the coolest thing I've ever. Like there, and there's a million cliches about it, you know, and I heard every one like a hundred times. And like no matter how many times you you heard any of them, it's like you're not prepared for all of it. You know, like you're not prepared of you're not prepared for like how much your your world changes and you're not prepared to watch how fast they really do grow up, no matter how many times you hear that over and over.
0: Are you less stoked about tour now because you're gonna miss a few weeks of you know, or learning to poop or something? I don't you, know 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 know.
1: Uh, you know what's interesting about it? It's not it's not less stoked at all. It's actually like the opposite. It's like I lo- I still like love tour. I love to play shows. I love I love like being in a band. It the cool thing about having a kid for me at least was that like all the stressful stuff doesn't re- isn't stressful anymore. Like all because you start to there's you have something new in your life that really matters a lot. Matters more than anything else and all these things that you were concerned about before like they just they don't really matter. So like all the fun stuff about being in a band and touring and all that all that fun stuff stays and all the stressful stuff kind of goes away
0: are you you're in a place now where this is this is it for you like you you don't think if uh anything happened with bassette or whatever you would just dispose of and you have your other businesses right like you're not worried about the future anymore
1: uh i mean i always worry about the future just because it's my it's like my nature to 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 like stress out um but yeah i mean i think you know i'm pretty lucky in that like the band seems to like when we first started the band we always wanted to be you know i and i think i've had these conversations with you over the years like we started the band we always wanted to be like a legacy band we we always looked up to bands like bad religion and no effects and social distortion and that's that's what we want to be we wanted to be around for a long time we don't you know it wasn't that important to have a huge hit to like really break through which a lot of bands were doing when like we were when we were kind of just like you know just break just doing our thing you know a lot of the bands that were coming out at the same time as us like we're breaking into the mainstream you know we were there in like 2004 2005 2006 when my chemical romance and fall out boy and all that stuff was happening and we never really cared about any of that we just wanted to have a job in in like 30 years so and it kind of seems like that that's what's happening which is really which is awesome we're really lucky to have that you know and i've also been lucky enough to like take whatever the you know whatever money i've i've made doing this up until now and putting it into other businesses and you know just continuing to think about the future you know, I've I've been pretty lucky, so yeah. I guess I guess this is, I guess this is it, yeah.
0: I uh, mixed up seven records that still blows my mind.
1: I know it's crazy, but like you know, it's funny when you say, do, do I worry about the future? Like, I still stress out every time I have to write a record because I still worry, like, like okay, th- like this is going to be the record that like this can't be this can't be the record that sucks. Like most Bayside fans like just about every Bayside record, like this can't be the one that, like, that ends it all. You know what I mean? Like, we've done, like, we've had six successful records. We've, like, gone this long. Everything's going well, like... And then I, it keeps me up at night making sure that this next record is the best one because I'm like, this can't, like, I can't end it. I can't end it.
0: You're leaving for tour. Uh, I guess when this airs, you'll have left for tour. But you you come back from tour and go right into recording if that was happening?
1: Yeah, I, um... Uh... Let me think. I, my schedule is, in, is absolutely crazy right now. Yeah, I'm finishing writing the record right now. In two weeks from this from when we're doing this interview, not from when it comes out. I don't know when it comes out. But uh, in two weeks from right now, I leave for like a little solo tour. It's only like 10 days long. Um, I come home from that, and I have a week. I'm closing on a new house like two or three days before that tour starts. So I close on a house, and then I go on tour for like 10 days, and then I come home and I have a week off before we start the basehead record. And in that week, I have to move into the new house, and then we start the basehead record.
0: Is it is it weird to play to like not play those songs for the for the ten days and then come back and like have to reacquaint yourself to those new songs? Um, I, it won't be hard
1: to it won't be hard to play them. I, I'll definitely be working on them while I'm gone. Um, I always tell myself that I'm going to write while I'm on tour, and I never do. Like, like there have been times on the bus, I'll set up like a full studio on the bus, and I tell myself, "Oh, I'm gonna write on this tour. Like, I have so much downtime on tour. I'm gonna write." And I never do. I never tell, Like, I, I never even I never even try. But on this record, what I think I'll probably do is I'll listen to the songs a lot. I'll come up with ways to change them, and I'll probably work on lyrics a lot. Uh, while I'm gone on this one. So, I mean, my head will still be very in in the Bayside record.
0: Do you feel better about this uh, podcast now that it feels like a real interview? Um, No, I mean, I still just
1: feel like I'm talking to my buddy.
0: Okay, good. Very good. (laughs) Uh, Are you
1: still smoking? No, I haven't smoked in, uh, like, two years. You were doing the vape pen, right? yeah I still do that here and there, and it keeps me keeps me off the cigarette. It really works a lot.
0: Are you, do you miss it? I know how much you love smoking
1: yeah I was a big smoker um I don't the, i mean honestly man like I, I was a really, really heavy smoker, which, you know, and like really passionate about smoking, like really really like it was like it was like the one thing that nobody could take away and um and really i i mean getting on mm-hmm. e-cigs was, was so good for me that it like i don't even think about it it's a shame you know i think it's it's a shame that they don't allow the those companies to <clears throat> advertise as as like as ways to quit smoking cuz they really i mean i've smoked for like 16 years and tried a few different ways of quitting and that thing that thing worked so well i mean like i said i never even think about smoking cigarettes is
0: the the jury's still out, though, on like whether it's just as bad or not, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's most things I've read is that it's not just as bad. It couldn't possibly be, but I mean, whether it has other effects, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't really know. I don't. I mean, I think you drive yourself crazy if you worry about if you like worry about every little health thing that that much, you know?
0: Yeah, but I mean, cigarettes is like a pretty easy thing to worry about.
1: Right. Well, I mean, the way I think about it, it's better than smoking Bigger. That's like the worst thing you could possibly do to your body. It's so crazy how
0: much you loved it.
1: It's crazy how much I just how much I loved it, or how much I loved it and then quit. Like how just no. in general how much I loved it.
0: No, just in general, like it was so, it was so surreal to me because no one, like everyone, I feel like everyone who smoked is like, yeah, I gotta quit. Yeah, I got it, quit. But you were like, yeah, I smoke.
1: I love smoking. <laughs> That's kind of how I am with most things, though. It's like, yeah, what I do. Yeah. I I own it, I guess.
0: Yeah,
1: I guess. Yeah, I own Which the is, pint of ice cream I eat every night watching TV, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess, you know, is our mutual respect for each other's authenticity. <laughs> I think you, I mean
1: you also. I think you grew up around a lot of a lot of, a lot of straight edge kids. Well,
0: uh, yeah, I mean, no, I grew up. I mean, scene-wise, yeah, but I mean, when I like middle school and high school, I hung out with you know, like the uh, whatever they were called degenerates or dirtbags, whatever.
1: <laughs> is that is that the term for non-straight edge? or either straight edge or degenerate. No,
0: like. In your high school, they didn't have like cliques like that, like I don't know, they were, like the greasers in the seventies, yeah. and then like yeah,
1: the the, the kids uh, on the grassy knoll,
0: like yeah, like the, kids the metal kids the and the and, yeah, yeah, and the hoodlum kids, the kids that hung out in the balcony smoking, the kids that like yeah. hung out behind the pizza place drinking, yeah, that was that was my crew. Like everyone was like drinking, smoking, writing graffiti, starting fights, but mm-hmm. I I for some reason I never did it. I don't so weird, man, because I was around it so much.
1: And you like, don't I think don't... that you're sure you never will? You'll never try, like, a glass of wine or anything like that?
0: Nah, if I would have, if I was going to, it just doesn't occur to me. It's not it's not a straightest thing at this point. It just doesn't occur to me. It's like, like, my wife drinks and, and you know, she drinks beer all the time and wine all the time. And, like, mm-hmm. I'll smell it to be like, oh, that one smells nice. Like, let me smell it. Oh yeah, because it smells different than the other ones, or whatever. But I'm not like, like it's never occurred to me to like I don't know. Like I just, I don't want to not be sober.
1: Well, you, you, I mean, you did, you did get yourself to to learn to enjoy coffee, right? Yeah, that worked. Right. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to ever happen on Instagram. By the way, is, <laughs> is your is your coffee reviews? And for anybody listening who does not know about this, you should look at Neil's Instagram and the, his his in very detailed in depth reviews of of artisanal coffees from somebody who
0: doesn't like coffee. It's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, they're not as fun to do anymore because I actually like them, you know. So I don't, <laughs> I don't review it anymore. Uh,
1: I'm just curious because I'm not even. I don't drink either. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm. I'm more just. I'm just curious. I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to push you into one thing or another.
0: No, I. I don't. That's the thing. Like it's never. Like I've had people try to get me to drink, and like it's just never. I don't. It's not it's not even a choice anymore. You know what I mean? It's just like I just don't, I don't know. It's just I don't I'm not I have no interest in not being sober. I don't I don't know. I, yeah.
1: I I think I think you're probably like me too in the way that like there's there's uh, like there are things that a lot of other people are really into and I always try to understand why I'm not into it. I'm always like, "What? I don't get." It. Like I, I, there It must be cool. Like there must be something cool about it. I would <laughs> yes. like, what, what am I? What am I, I? Like what am I missing about it? I must be missing. Well, it's me. Like I know it's me. Well, I
0: love like I love when people are nerdy about stuff. Like but, yeah, I love like that. I love like, I love hearing like hearing Kathleen talk about it. It's like oh, she really loves this one. You know, like uh, all right, cool. I'll buy <laughs> her another six pack of that. I guess. Yeah. I love like,
1: it. The guy, I mean, the guys in the band and some of our crew—they're heavy, heavy. Like they're real into into beer, you know, and all the fancy stuff. And I like—I feel like I feel like I know a whole, like a lot about
0: beer. And I, I don't even—I don't even drink it. Yo, know, the, um, the same thing for me, man. Like I feel like because of Kathleen, like I know what's good and what's piss water, you know.
1: <laughs> we're doing a we're doing a Bayside beer this year. Is it this year? This year? Um, yeah. What we're doing. Missouri. I don't know if I'm allowed to, to divulge that much about it. It's not a local oh. brewery. It's a brewery in Colorado, which if people follow any of our social media, you could probably put that together. But it's a brewery in Colorado that we're doing, uh, that we're, we're working on something with now. And I went to like the, I went to the, we went, we flew to, to Colorado and had a meeting with them. And I tasted like the different options for our beers. And we did a whole thing where we came up with the formula for the beer and what it was gonna, what, it, what kind of beer it was gonna be, and all that, and I was involved in all that. I, you know, I kind of let the other guys really steer the ship because they knew, really knew what they were doing. But you know, I tasted the, the things, and it was it was it was a fun process.
0: Sounds like a, a cool thing. Uh, just so you know, because I know you care, I am at a dead stop on the southern state right now. So. so, what exit? This is really, we're really in it right now. Uh, One ten, <laughs> the exit for Route One Ten. You're, you're driving back from the, from from where? I'm driving, I work in Patchogue. Mhm. And I'm driving back to uh, Nassau County.
1: <clears throat> That's stop. miserable. I I again the yeah. authenticity though. I'm, I'm yeah, still, yeah, so.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dead stop right now. I'm staring at the sign for a public airport.
1: Um. So I really missed. Um. I really missed Huntington baseball. That was. Those, those were some of the best. Some of the best summers.
0: No, I miss that. I miss just being in the shape that it got me into.
1: Or oh, an excuse for being outdoors?
0: Yeah, like, I, when I, because we did that for a couple of years, and then I went to Florida for, uh, we'll call it baseball camp. And when I got back from that, I was, like, at my peak, the best condition I've ever been in my life, like, I was like over a hundred pounds less than I weigh right now, and yeah, i uh,
1: I, love, I love that those those were some of the best times that was yeah
0: uh, i just I love playing baseball, I love running around. I love baseball yeah, in we, general,
1: do you want to explain to your listeners what what we're talking about uh, we would do it <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh Neil and I on uh, was it Saturdays right Saturday mornings we would. Uh, Saturday. Saturday mornings, we would go out to uh, Huntington, Long Island, to a baseball field, and we'd have we'd play pickup games of baseball, and we'd have what twenty twenty people, guys and girls, right? Twenty sometimes yeah. more than
0: that. Yeah, I mean there were you know there were off days where we'd have like you know fifteen, and then I remember there were some days where we had like two games going, like yeah thirty forty people. It is all it's all because of Rick. Uh, Rick is hell, Rick from This Is Hell and uh, Extinction AD, mm-hmm. like he start he started that whole thing.
1: Um, I love that. I mean, then there was all people. I mean, there were people like varying degrees of of of, of skill in baseball. There were people who yeah. people a couple of people who were like legitimately good,
0: and then yeah, a yeah.
1: people who you know knew how to play baseball, and then there were people who who like it looked like never played baseball ever, and everybody had a great time. Didn't really matter, like if you like if you were good or not good, like we just it was such a good time.
0: Yeah, that was I guess uh two thousand ten and
1: two thousand and eleven. Yeah, those were good times. Long, long time hardcore baseball.
0: I don't know why it stopped. I don't really That's know. You Rick. know what? I think it's because Rick moved to Mastic. Is that time t- I think because so, at the time we were playing he was. He lived like right up the block from that field we were at. Yeah. And I think. I don't know. Hmm. I wonder. You know, that was funny. Green. You know,
1: it was interesting to me as as like a spectator of that, just because I'm, you know, you. I know you consider Queens, Long Island, but being from Queens <laughs> and not 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 growing up in Long Island, not growing up around like all those people, and like being totally a part of that scene. It was amazing to me like that like how much power Rick has over oh like Rick has like a his own like gang in Long Island. It was so oh, people, like yeah. I was like, wow, these people just kinda go where Rick Rick goes.
0: It was it's pretty cool. Yeah, he's like he's a star kind of. You know yeah, what I mean? Like he really is. He's like got so much charisma and he's so entertaining, he's such an interesting guy. And like yeah, like people just people just want to be where he is and like do what he does.
1: Yeah, he really is. A, he is like a star in that world. It's a shame his band never got like super big. Yeah, I think his new band is so great. So good. So good. Yeah, I hope it uh I hope I hope that, that pans out. We had scuz uh the the drummer working for us on a on a couple of tours. Uh is a tech? Yeah, he was uh, he uh, drum tech for us for a while. Cool. So, what about you? You ever gonna go on the road again, as a band guy, crew guy? Are you? Uh,
0: yeah, I'm retired from that stuff. And, and, I mean, unless like, you know, if I fall on hard times. <laughs>
1: do I? Do you remember you telling me a story about tour managing? No doubt at the VMAs and getting getting stuck in the rain waiting for a car. Yeah, it's Am a I bad story.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it was horrible yeah that was uh I was like auditioning kinda to be their t m and uh I failed like on a every level, like several different levels. it was like the worst professional weekend I've ever had in my life. I mean, it was fun it was super fun, but like I'm sure they had a conversation uh like three years later, like, you remember that one guy? He was the worst. And that was it. And that was the end of them thinking about me ever. (laughs) I want to tour, like, as a comedian. You know what I mean? Like, I want to go do festivals and, like, do that kind of stuff. But uh, working for someone else, uh, I'll work for someone else on Long Island. That's fine.
1: How is that? Uh, how is that the the
0: comedy scene in New York? Well, in New York City it's the best you're gonna get. It's just mm-hmm. it's so like just so much. You know, there, there's probably like three thousand comedians like doing shows every week in New York.
1: And there's shows to do and stuff. I know I know a, a lot of comedians in in L.A. A couple of people that I know from from New York that moved out there and then. People I met through them or through other friends in LA that are doing uh, that are doing uh, like sh- weekly shows and stuff like that. So I know that the, the the scene out there is pretty great. Is it is it a good scene in New York?
0: It, it's I mean as far as like a scene goes, I don't think it, like it's not like a tight knit community at all. But mm-hmm. it's there's a there's a dozen clubs, there's three dozen bars that all do shows. There's mm-hmm. a, half a dozen to a dozen open mics on any given night. Like you could, you could easily get up five times a night every night. And, and like the better you get, the more opportunity there is for you. Like there's yeah. no shortage of shows. Like I, I, I talk to one guy like pretty frequently and he like, he'll do five real spots at real clubs paying gigs in on a Monday night. Wow. Or maybe, maybe on a Monday it's three, but like it, it, it's a lot, like a lot of clubs, a lot of places. So if you if you hustle, you know, you can be on stage all the time, and that's are all you, it is. Are you hustling? Yeah, that's all it is right now. It's just like getting on stage, trying to get better, working the different muscles, like you know, working out different jokes, making sure they're worded correctly or whatever.
1: Hmm. I haven't seen your your up show yet. The next uh, time I'm in town, I gotta I gotta make
0: it. Up. Are you any good?
1: How do you do? Do you
0: laugh? I, I I think so. I think I'm funny. I, you know, but if I didn't think I was funny, I probably would not do it. Do you funny. What, think you're funny? I think you would think I was funny, and I'm I'm starting to enjoy it too. Where like uh, my first go around, I didn't enjoy it. I was doing it because I, I thought it would lead to something else. And mm-hmm. now I'm doing it because, like, it's actually fun to do. Yeah. So, I mean, still wanted to lead to something else. I'd love to, you know, make a living doing this, but, yeah.
1: You know what I wanted so, to ask you about? Another thing I was really impressed about with your show is your theme song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> where, where did your theme song come from? It's uh The Boy Least Likely To, but then – uh my friend Fox beats uh, DJ at the club I work. Uh, like put uh, like a hip hop beat under it and like looped it for me.
1: Yeah, I'm impressed, man. This is it's it's pro. The whole this whole thing is pro.
0: <laughs> Except that I record on my cell phone in my car. <laughs> you, know, you know, like, when I started, when I was like, yo, I want to do a podcast, like, what, what can I do? And I was, like, talking to, like, other professional podcasters or, like, other people who, like, do real things. And I was like, yo, is it cool to, like, record, like, phone calls? And every single one of them was like, no, no, nah, it sounds like garbage. <laughs> I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> well, the one that I listened
1: to, I listened to the one where you had Nick on before me. When uh, Nick and my band and you had before me, I listened to that one. And it sounded, it sounded good to me. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> Cause you, uh, you're not a professional podcaster, I guess. I don't
1: know. <laughs> I've done You know what? What I was saying before about, um, like turning down most, most like press and stuff. Um, and I only do the ones that I think are going to be fun to do. Like I, I almost always do podcasts. I, I prefer like the more conversational, like. Long form stuff. That's that's a lot more fun than like, you know. I've been I've been like explaining to people where I got my band name from for 16 years. sort of over that. <laughs> you know, I'm like it's it's better to to just have conversations about that.
0: But. Do you do you like the um do you like the interview where they just send you a list of questions and they want you to type it all out?
1: Yeah, I almost never do those.
0: <laughs> do you still get those?
1: Yeah, totally. You
0: don't have word, someone
1: like I mean, leave that out for you, like, you don't don't send I me those. Mean, it's you know what I mean. It's like what bothers me, whether it's a written interview or it's or it's like a over the phone thing or whatever it is. It's just like if you can get every answer from just reading our bio, then like don't like don't bother me. You know, like do you like are you like you really need to get me on the phone? Like, do I need to find and so you can get me on the phone so I can explain to you like where what like when we started our band, like Google that shit, man, That it's everywhere. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's it's, uh, it's, 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 the same questions over and over. But, but but you know what? I think like for the fans, I think that there are still fans who, who, who want to know more and they want to get to know artists that they like better. And that's why I kind of, I like doing podcasts. I like doing long form interviews. I like doing interviews with people that, I think are good. it's going to make it an interesting interview. You know, I don't think that uh, I could care less about like some so, like new people discovering the band. It's not like what I'm about. You know, like I think at this stage in our career, I, I like it's about making music and doing things that make us proud and make us happy and make our fans happy. You know, we don't do things anymore to try and gain new fans. If new people jump on the train and that's cool, but that's never the goal anymore. And um, so, like, to do some interview, like Ellis the other day, our agent Ellis was was like was so mad at me the other day because I was saying no to this like Fox something or other news like interview, and I was like, ah, no, I just don't, I don't really like doing that stuff. And they're like, oh, there's like it's like two million something readers Fox for Fox.com or whatever it was. I was like, I know, man, but I just don't really care, you know? Like, I don't care, like. like I want to do Neil's podcast because I could like, (laughs) because I could tell my fans to listen to it and they may listen to it and think it's interesting and funny and entertaining and they may (laughs) learn something like, or, you know, like that to me that I get more out of that than, and like the Bayside fans get more out of that than me, like explaining to somebody at Fox.com, like we like, you know, how I met, where I met Nick, you know, it's just, it's like, they don't (laughs) like some, some guy, you know what I mean? Some guy like, when was the last time somebody like read about like the origin of a band and said, That's a that's an exciting origin. I'm gonna go listen to that band. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <It didn't happen. laughs> uh, uh, you're right. Because you've in an urban Alphanus, right. <laughs> Yeah, you know what he didn't mention. Did, I don't know if he if he
1: really mentioned that he was my boss. I don't know if that like really came came through clear in that interview or not.
0: It but did like, not he,
1: come through. Yeah, I didn't think that, that. To me, that's the most interesting part of the story. Was that yeah, we had a mutual friend who was a mutual friend of yours also that said I that uh, I needed you know I needed jobs in between tours. We weren't really making any money on tour, so I needed somewhere to go and make a couple of bucks in between tour. So she called Nick, and Nick said, yeah, send him in. So I went in, and then Nick hired me, and Nick was my boss. And then he was playing in, in a band at the time, and our bass player quit. And I said, well, do you want to leave here and, and join the band? But, yeah, he was, like, he was like totally 100% my boss.
0: Huh. That's just, that's, uh, I did not know that. Yeah, I thought that was sure. the most interesting
1: part of the story. I, I don't think he mentioned that part. Yeah, no, he, uh, sk- he
0: skated by that.
1: Um, yeah, and you guys talked about um, you guys talked about uh, Sound Majority's last show, which was which was awesome. I remember when when you guys were talking about it during the interview, it brought me back to it. So that was like one of my favorite shows I've been to. They're gonna play
0: it again. They're a uh, uh, reunion thing, for charity. I
1: know. I don't I don't think he wants to say it, but I think Nick wishes he was playing.
0: <laughs>
1: I think he wishes he played those. I don't think he'll say it, but I think he does. Like uh, I, was, I was playing them, and I've and I was never in California.
0: <laughs> want, I wanted to do it at the club, but they said the stage is too high. Eh, all right. The stage <clears throat> is too high. Well, I get
1: it. Yeah. yeah. Know, right? That's a very hardcore
0: yeah. thing to say. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I respect it. That's okay. That's good. all right. I get it. They're playing a place with a much smaller stage. than back at A lot of stage times we get good to be fun. Where guys. are they? Where are they playing? Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm sure it'll have a smaller stage. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they should do it at that, te- was that, that was at a temple, right? That show? The last, the last uh, time? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, they should do it at Ben Van Dyke's parents' temple. <laughs> the Universalist Church, what was it? I forget what it's called. It's like Glencoe. Ah, we could do this for hours. Um, that was awesome. And it snowed like crazy.
1: Remember that? Snowed like yeah. crazy.
0: Yeah. Someone got uh, maybe Floyd got knocked unconscious, concussion, amnesia, maybe. When was that? Two
1: thousand, two thousand one? What was it? January two
0: thousand one? Maybe I don't know. Uh, Christian will know
1: all those answers. I don't know. Those so, I know. Dubin puts up videos of all those old shows, and I always watch them when like he yeah. puts them up on YouTube. It's funny to see Nick. Like I'm in cr I'm like I was like seventeen or eighteen. I think I was eighteen. Uh, when that show happened, I was like in the crowd. Floyd's in the crowd, you know. Then Floyd wound up working for us for years, and and just seeing Nick like being a little kid on stage, you know. And then me and Nick like went on to do Bayside like like years later. It's pretty funny. It's funny how those things it's work. Cr-
0: it's crazy to see like those pictures and just like pick people out and just be like, oh, I remember that dude. Like, I wonder where that dude's at.
1: My favorite and, like, thing so-
0: from those old videos
1: is I like I've been giving Vinnie Caruana shit about this since like 1999 and I still give him shit about it I'm so glad those videos are out again because he tried to deny it and now those videos are proof I've been giving him shit since 99 about wearing backpacks on stage and he was like I didn't wear backpacks on stage I was like dude I've seen you in catering halls before wearing shorts and a hooded sweatshirt and a backpack on stage and now there's proof I'm so glad See, I I can give everybody shit about that stuff because I wasn't—I wasn't on stage for any of them, so you can't see what I'm wearing. I probably look like a a much bigger idiot than anybody I'm I'm giving shit to. Yeah,
0: I uh, don't—I don't throw stones, man. I'm sure I was uh, up to some fucking tomfoolery. You know, I made it home, man. at home safe and sound. Okay, good. I made it. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for giving yeah, me shit for you. not how you do it originally. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll be. Uh, you should come out to the the show in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, I'll be there. All right, cool. Yeah, text me for the there Yeah, yeah. I'll. Well, uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll, I'll talk to you. <laughs> All right. I'll text you later. I'll... All right. <laughs> All right, man. Be good. All right. Bye. Bye. Peace. Jerk, Neal.